You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the NXT Review. I'm Michael Hamflit from What Culture and I'm joined by Michael Sidrick from What Culture to discuss everything that happened on last night's edition of NXT. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we not only preview and review the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! So Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have wrestler interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week, complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. Not this week, but coming back very soon. Sige, NXT. Um, this time next week, we might have a certain someone back amongst us. That's right, we're hoping for Stacks yes. to be able to find time in his busy schedule as a defending champion to... Pop back in, maybe uh, charter the plane or the helicopter, whatever the frigate was, I've already forgotten. Do that thing he does that allows him to get here every week. But until then, it's just me and you. Yeah. Trying to survive in this crazy world we call pro wrestling. Yeah. Where it's craziest on Tuesdays. Uh, what you get out of this one? <laughs> well, I, on the all-out review, I think it was, uh-huh. check it out, it was great said that I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to continue to do star ratings on um, the website. Mm-hmm. And I do like to ma- rate matches by star ratings. If you've... I don't tend to do it for Dynamite, but if you want to know what I rated a particular match, reply to me on Twitter, and I might tell you if uh, you know I, if I've got the time. But I'm also going to implement a new thing. Whenever I get that... just bleed UFC guy feeling, I'm going to award it the just bleed. Danielson Starks is my first just bleed match. There are historical examples, but going forward, if one makes me so consumed by bloodlust that it turns me into an animal and suspends my disbelief and just makes me into a, you know, a, a... a bad person from virtue of enjoying it. That's the Just Bleed match from now on. I'm also, podcast-specific, going to... What should we christen this? The quintessential NXT bollocks. If I get something like that, I'm going to call it on this podcast, I don't know, bollocks o'clock or something like that. There was a bollocks o'clock moment on this show when I talk about how stupid NXT is. Yeah. How fundamentally stupid, how this world should not exist, how they take things so literally, like, it's time for me to leave the nest and <laughs> flap my wings and be free. Okay, you're a bird. How, does, how is it that literal in that live Valkyria? Yeah. That, to me, is quintessential. I'll call it quintessential NXT bollocks. What about, because it's so vital to NXT functioning... I would say this nonsense. That's fair, isn't it? This you have to accept this nonsense, otherwise you can't accept the show. I, I described it in an article that should be hitting whatculture.com/slash WWE very soon as the weirdest WWE passion project ever. Yeah, they care so much about plotting this, and it's and it's bollocks. It's always been plotted, hasn't it? Even yes. when Vince was still running the main roster, this was still fairly yes. tightly plotted. Yes. despite nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts, because it's the bollocks. But it is kind of required for the yes, machine. To we'll function. call it the nuts and bolts. Yeah. And there was a quintessential nuts and bolts moment on this show. And the wrestling was patchy. Some of it was very good. Mm-hmm. Some of it was terrible. Yep. And I love that about NXT. But there was a moment of nuts and bolts. I'm excited to get to it. I think it might be the same one. But even if it's not, the fact there could even be two is great. You've yeah. Had a, you've had a good week if there's at least two. Um, I thought it was boiling hot outside. Unseasonably warm September. But 
Ooh, this open was cold because we go straight to the ring where the introductions are being done for the NXT Women's Championship match between Tiffany Stratton and Kiana James. Um, I admired what they tried here and yet simultaneously didn't really think it worked. Neither wrestler compromised and attempted to be a babyface. We talked about Kiana James being a bit of a shock yeah. winner last week, not least with what Tiffany Stratton was building in the background, and we will get to that in a minute. Um, but initially, they both try. This was quite cute, I thought. They both try and be the most athletic baby face. You get um, Tiffany Stratton, obviously a gymnastic background, she does a couple of flips and does the Matrish dodge. Then uh, Kiana James flips out of a wrist lock and does a kip up. And you're kind of instructed to be like, whoa, this is going to get serious. And then they both try and cheat straight away afterwards. Yeah, if you want the succinct take on this, uh, it's the wish version of Call MGF. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you've killed it. Yeah. Thanks, Cedric. It's dead. Yeah. But yeah, um, it was basically that. Um, after that, uh, they do drop into that NXT back and forth thing where it's more just if they're both scowling, even if they're doing good wrestling moves, they're the bad guys doing good wrestling yes. moves. Yes. Until we arrive at the finish where Tiffany uh, Stratton goes for Keanu James's bag, which obviously last time we saw the uh, business purse, it was full of paint. When she was fighting with Keanu James, so we can assume that it's full of something weighty enough to knock your opponent out. Um, and it's Tiffany that goes for it. She swings, Keanu James uh, ducks and manages to hit a 4 one k finisher. Uh, but the cover only gets two. The ref sees the bag and goes to move it out of the way, at which point Tiffany Stratton goes directly to the eyes. Um, and while Keanu James is down off that, she hits the prettiest moonsault ever for the three. Um... After that, I suppose it's best to talk about the post-match because it was as significant as the match itself. Um, Becky Lynch appears on the Titantron. For those that don't listen every week, and I don't know why you wouldn't, or certainly don't keep up with WWE or NXT, they've kind of put a bit of work in here. Tiffany Stratton, a couple of weeks ago, errantly named Becky Lynch as a former NXT champion to drive... Criticism on social media that, oh, you got that one wrong, Tiffany. You know, she's mansplaining ne- it. Yeah, she's never won the belt. And then Tiffany says, oh, well, it must have been so forgettable. I didn't even realize. And then she's been appearing on Raw just to remind Becky Lynch that she's got the belt that Becky never won. So Becky fires back, says, like, uh, well done for winning tonight. And uh, you've got everybody wondering what's next for me. Well, what's next for me is coming to NXT next week where I'm going to challenge you for your NXT championship. We get a, initially later on in the show, and um, we'll just like cobble all this together and then it's done. We get Tiffany Stratton. Yeah, get over with. Yeah. Tiffany Stratton immediately, like, sort of, like, was walking backstage immediately after the match. And one of the backstage reporters tries to go up and get a word of it. And she goes, nope, 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 nope. And then later. The alien. Hmm? <laughs> the alien. Hello, the alien. How are you doing? <coughs> what did, what, how did you hear what Tiffany Stratton said? <coughs> oh, I had it as more an opener. That's fair enough, yeah. Um, but it's because she wants to collect herself and get her own thoughts. And then later on the night, she says, yes, uh, I've only been going two years but what had you done after two years i'm already nxt champion you might be queen of your world miss wrestlemania uh, big time bex but this is my world and i'm the queen of this universe so i'll see you next week bitch toodles it wasn't toodles. even it wasn't even a toodles toodles bitch um, toodles bitch i thought it was a bit of a money promo from Stratton at the end of the night all right like like and then they were like showing the the x Stuff on the screen from uh, prominent and less prominent accounts uh, putting over the match. Like, I'm kind of hyped. Yeah, the match itself was it's a few decent bit of athletic exchanges. I think Keanu James has got potential. Mm. And Stratton, after a few very off months in performances, she's still capable of a decent shift. There were elements here where they were like trading pinfalls where it wasn't really bad at all. You mm. could even adequately... You can describe it as adequate slash solid. And then I just couldn't help but watch this and go, NXT, what are you bloody like? Because the one time they've got this unique story, which they might have watched Dynamite and thought, oh, heel versus heel still is quite entertaining. We should do that one week. There's a shot kick out face. And Keanu, <laughs> yeah. and Keanu James has absolutely bemused that she has not won. I'm like, what are you bloody like? Can't bloody help yourself, can you? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of... It's its, it's identity, it's isn't it? It's in its DNA. Yeah. Um, but I there's more with Keanu James later on which we'll get to locker room boot offs but Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton were there uh, yeah they were you excited preview next week yeah. Will Bourne will be buzzing if he's here if he's around well should we tell him that Tiffany's got the title on the line and not tell him who she's facing I love how we can't even play the game if he's not been keeping up with NXT he's like what's happened it's like I don't remember yeah <laughs> yeah. I need to get the notes from last week's. uh 
Speaking of which, actually, Carmelo Hayes arrives at NXT this week, and I've forgotten this until he brought it up in the promo, but uh, Wesley's there as well at the door, and they kind of have a glaring exchange with one another, and then Melo walks in. Um, and then we go then to uh, Diamond Mine, who are putting the um, little flag back on the wall, making the little generic NXT brand dressing room as it was. Um, but Julius says he wants to get serious this time, like, no more drama like last time. We're not going to be messing around anymore. We haven't had the tag belts for a year, so we need to do something about that. And wouldn't you believe it, the tag team champions walk right yeah. in. Tony D and Stax are there. Um, Mary is a boining. Um, but it's all good because the Creed's acknowledged that they were there to protect Ivy Nile um, from your year yet when they were couldn't do it. So all seems well between them. Uh, they're interrupted by Idris Nofi and Malik Blade, who say that, like, well, the creatures can't walk into a tag title shot. If anyone's going to get one, it's going to be us. Um, and the, the two sort of separate teams start to argue, while Tony D and Stack's like, maybe we stick around and see where this goes as the sort of defending champions, and it would go somewhere, all right? Yeah. We'll come back to that later on a few times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I uh, go on then. Yeah, any thoughts on the, the Creed's return, or do you want, you want to put a bow on this at the end? Born it on the end. All right. Um, Ilya Dragunov and, at the end. and Aura Mensa in action next. This is, of course, when Mensa took the match willingly last week um, to show, I guess, toughness that the metaphor is not all just about fun and games and believes he can rise to Ilya's level, um, which was sort of the story of the match. Uh, initially, it looked like um, Aura Mensa was going to try and like take the coward's way out and stuff, but Ilya Dragunov was doing his, I love pain so much, hit me again, hit me harder. So like every time Mensa struck him, Ilya he would, uh, would kind of come a bit and, no, and, no, <laughs> and you nut. He would like, he would sell it by no selling it and making him do it again. Yeah. Very, very dire Brian Ricky Starks. Like, yes. Very, very dire. But this idea that like you uh, are... Uh. You were such a nobody to me that, like, you're only going to get a brie come out of me with one of them headbutts. Go again. Go again. Go again. You're only going to get some tatty water. (laughs) Until you see my pecker pointing forward in these short shorts, we go again. This does not slip on the brie come. Um... So that's the story of this match, really. Um, Elia keeps countering out of Oromensa's, like, offense and daring him to try. Really unique match structure. Yeah. Um, counters, I love them. And, like, not to get bogged down in the algaes again, but some of this was pretty sloppy as well. There's yeah. a n- number of exchanges here that, like, whiffed would be a generous way of putting it. Uh, there was a couple of occasions where there was just zero connection whatsoever. Point without. Oh, God. Um, Dragunov caught Mensa's leg for an inseguri and sold it as Mensa was halfway around on the rotation. So Ilya Dragunov does a sort of, like, the kind of snap flip off it before Mensa's legs fully rotated. It's a bit weird and awkward. It's very weird and awkward, and it's like, no one watches the show. No one watches the show. Can you imagine NXT botches on Twitter? Oh, God, no. Like, it would they'd have more tweets than bloody Melsa? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, like... <laughs> it was, if you have not seen this show, and you've, you probably don't, you probably just listen to this. Like, the the fame, infamous Jeff Hardy whisper in the wind that Jinder Mahal sells despite the fact that it yes. does not connect whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And you've seen funny examples of it in the past where, oh, my God, the air blew in my direction. Ow. Mm-hmm. It was like that. It was. Um, there was a point where Mensa had booted Dragunov. You know, having Dragunov asked him to, booted him so hard, Dragunov falls into the metaphor corner, and he's, like, doing the faraway look in his eye, you sell kind of thing. It was part of, I think... More of a project. This was like dragging off work in a developmental match to try and elevate or immense. So I got the gist of it, but it didn't really work. No, it didn't work was, at all. It was a bad match, and that's kind of impossible with Dragonov. He was doing a lot of his acting uh, as a way to try and elevate Mentor, and like I say, it didn't really work. The finish was quite nice. Um, the what do we get? So Aura tried to catch him. He tried to catch him with a power bomb, which have I got that right way around? No. So. Ilya Dragunov... It's probably not that important, but continue. Yeah. Uh, Ilya Dragunov goes for a powerbomb, but uh, he's pretty weakened by all the kicks and the, the, in the stiff in the wind, shots. In the wind. In the wind. The, uh, the aura manages to sort of like slide out of it. Dragunov looks like a beaten man. He sets up a run... This was what it was. He stood in the corner and set up a run in nothing in particular, and he just ran straight into a Dragunov powerbomb, and the uh, the Torpedo Moscow got the win for Dragunov. Yep. Not good. That's a good L. Not good, which is quite difficult to do because Dragunov is very... Like, incredible, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Dragunov's shtick, 
It's not just us, you know. Like, I think Dave Meltzer was like, I think the TV character's weird. <laughs> <laughs> he says, like, he's great in the ring, but on TV, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's weird. Dial it back, it's weird. Yeah. Dial it back, it's very weird. You can only... And like, he's, you know, he's a top 10 talent in that company, Dragunov. He's mm. unbelievable on his day. But you can only... Well, I personally can only get on board with his, like, maniacally intense shtick when he's getting his ass kicked or when he's kicking ass, when he's doing it and the moves aren't mi- hitting, it's it's even more excruciating. It needs to be lobster pink for it to be effective, doesn't yes, it? Yes, I. That's how deep into the match you need to be to yeah. feel any of that. Uh, there's more of it to come. Like, Dragonoff had the horn all night. You're either jacking off. Uh, Wes- <laughs> Wesley's <laughs> out. You're jacking off. <laughs> Wesley's like, well, normally we definitely have this very staged conversation in the back, but you've just won the match, so I've come here and I need to talk about you. I need to talk to you because I want the next match against me. There's already somebody getting next. next? You know, that's just a thing. He's calling next, and uh, <laughs> he's like, I like your voracious attitude for life, but I want the title shot. Yeah. Uh, Sorry for poking your eye out there. Uh, and Carmelo is going to be his and all that sort of stuff. He's sick of waiting. Uh, Wesley bangs on about having more heart. But then Melo interrupts and he says, I've got just the thought. Like, Why don't you two have a match and then the winner can face me at no mercy? But check this. When that match comes around, I'll show you no mercy. I think I might go to a time limit draw. Great. How often has NXT done... Babyface world title programs or where the character alignment's not exactly one way or the other because Dragonov out of that. Yeah. Dragonov's a babyface, isn't it? Dragonov's a babyface, yeah. I think. And Wesley's a babyface. And then prior to that, it was Carmelo and. It was Breaker when he was still a babyface. Yes. And then Breaker had Apollo Crews. Yeah. I might miss the odd thing, but I haven't seen a proper. I would say Breaker and Grayson Waller was probably the last one. Aye. I imagine that. That did happen, didn't it? Was it Mellow and... I Waller? had that Grace Waller had a title match. But Grace remember. Waller and... Uh, was it a cage match? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. That was when Breaker started getting booed, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I know what you mean, though. Like, the... Very little... It's ve- it's all very friendly in mm. that main event title picture. And it's not helping Mellow, I don't think, either. Although there is more with... Dragonoff gets about on this one. There's more with uh, him and Trick later on. Um, you know what would probably help all this, Sidge? A special guest referee, and not just anyone. One that looks as good as friggin' Dirty Don Mysterio. Because the reveal here, I should point out, before he reveals this, he's tearing out pages of the, the WWE rule book. Rule book. Because he's, he's too thick to understand <laughs> what, what is this? Great bit, that goes away. And then the camera pans to one side, and he says, I don't need this. I know all the rules. Camera pans to one side, he's got his own NXT referee shirt. Jesus Christ, you're closer to the button than me. It's purple and black stripe. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's a purple and black stri- uh, stripe WWE official Yes. Top. I wanted to buy it. Well, <coughs> I watched this episode of NXT this morning, and I saw Dom wearing or showing that off, and I said to myself, right now, Michael Hamflit is manipulating himself to issue. That image was in my head at about 20 to 6 this morning. Yeah. I was screaming at my laptop like, dragging off, hit me again! <laughs> like, another shot of it, another yeah. shot of it. Oh, boy, I'm excited for this. Uh... <laughs> Mackenzie Mitchell is with Nathan Frazier asking if he needs to make adjustments to his style after what happened in last week's Global Heritage Invitational Tournament. Uh, Relating, of course, to the spot in the match where, like, Nathan Frazier very nearly snapped his own neck because he hit the top rope very hard and very fast. It was a legitimately scary moment, and obviously Nathan Frazier was luckily okay. Uh, Nathan was like, well... Went viral, didn't it? But not in the way you would want to. And all week, Sid. Not in the way you'd want to. All he's had, people, he's been walking through airports and people have been going, why, Stone Cold, why? Why don't you slow down? But, Sid, he cannot slow down. He's never going to slow down. Are you getting it? Are you fucking getting it, right? <laughs> this will never, ever slow down. He's fast. You understand, right? And he didn't get, check this, he didn't get to NXT by slowing down Mackenzie. Michael Sidgwick, right? He, he didn't do that ever. So why would he do it now, you stupid idiots? In fact, if anything, he's going to go faster than ever. He'd love to continue this interview. But what's that? Oh, sound of his music starting. Gotta go. Shoots off. Cloud of smoke behind him. Was that this week's Nuts and Bolts? <laughs> Amazing. It's so literally stupid. And it's like literally, literally stupid. Right, okay. You are too fast for your own good. Okay. 
Right, okay. That's a bit of a light bulb appearing <laughs> over my head here. <laughs> Why don't I make you the fastest guy alive? Ah! <laughs> You're going to be the Flash. You're going to be the Flash. <laughs> You're going to be the Flash. And uh, What's the connection between your neck last week and the land speed record? We're both going to try and break him. <laughs> they do this effect. <laughs> I'm. They do this effect when he's getting just exiting the interview with yeah. Mitchell, where he goes out of frame <laughs> so quickly it's like a blur. I'm surprised he didn't get you know that like horizontal line, yeah, and then the <laughs> semicircle of like dust, yeah, because it, but you got the blur instead. And then describe how he runs to the ring. Well, he runs to the ring like Sonic the Hedgehog stage. <laughs> so he's into, you say blur, right? It's still dark as well. Vic Joseph's line is faster than the blur, but strikes like a cobra. What? Right. So the a famous expression. This is so great. WWE, right? It's I'm, a Titantron effect, isn't there? There is, right? WWE's production here. This is so funny. It's backwards, actually. So you see the Titantron effect. It goes around the little screen, the NXT screen that's sort of facing the hard camera that can be manipulated to anything. Becomes this just like lightning bolt. <laughs> Red, blue, and orange. The colors of Sonic, Knuckles, and Tails. All the way to the entrance with a mini Titantron. Right? So you're thinking, Nathan Frazier's heard his music and he's ran as fast as he can. Not to the entrance <laughs> way. Not to the entrance way, Sage. To a riser in which he's been made to stand still and then very slowly, like Cody Rhodes in AEW, rise up from the floor. So he's got all that speed. Stop dead, right? So the thing is takes him up to the top and then he's like he's got to start himself off again like Fred Flintstone bowling so he's like oh Sonic spinning and they have like a pyro well smoke machine following like looks like it's tucked into his ass because he just shoots out and he gets in the ring and he runs really really fast around the ring and then that's when Vic Joseph gets a line about a blur and a cobra one more thing about this Uh, there's a few more things well because of how WWE produces television and we'll circle back to this in a second when he runs out of the interview but before we see his entrance, we get an entire backstage skip between Thea Hill and So he's Jason very Jane. slow. So he's, had this, he's taken ages, right? Or he's been made to stand on that riser, and he's like just dying to run on the spot. Or he's doing laps. That's it. But so fast we can't even see them. He has to run to this ring for this new gimmick. The Flash. Fast hitting home truths. Yeah. The Flash. The Flash. The Flash. That, it's like... But to make the effects pop on the Tron, so it's like this sort of like like a burnt orangey energy yeah. bolt thing. To make that pop, the arena has to be like cloaked in darkness. <laughs> and it's like, give him a chance to not like bruise his ribcage because if he misses the ring apron, he's going to really hurt himself. <laughs> he's running as fast as humanly possible. Faster than anyone would literally go in a wrestling ring other than maybe Masata Yoshino. Faster? An axiom who runs so fast he becomes like a blur of movement as he's entering the ring. They've already got they've already got they've one. They've already got one. Like tell you one thing. Before we get to the interview. There was a backstage, the backstage uh, it's a good one, but we've got to recap it. Well I thought, right, speed was the theme of this nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. And with Stax not being here, I don't think I'm as funny as Stax, but I thought I would try my hand at three questions, three jokes. Wow, okay. So I have prepared three jokes. No way. For this podcast. Now, you can't confer with anybody else, but you can speak out loud and deliberate like normal and all the rest of it. So wait there, I wrote them down. I might, um, yeah, I might actually, I've got a a way to be able to sort of sound some ideas out. Okay, so, um, what do you call a really fast farmyard animal? A really fast farmyard animal. So what kind of farmyard animals do you get? You get piglets. Goats, like a billy goat runner. Alien, what do you think it might be? You got any ideas? Well, no, that doesn't make sense. That would be like a sheep and they're not fast. Uh, I don't know, Sidge, what do you call a really fast farmyard animal? What do you call a really fast farmyard animal? A lamb, a Good. Alien was trying to help. Second joke. Second, second question, question, second yeah. joke. What do you call a Corvette following a Camaro at high speeds? A com- a co- uh, it's about speed, this. A car chase. I don't know much about the brands of car. I'll go with a car chase. Oh, Sage. my God. What do you call a Corvette following a Camaro at high speeds? Mm. 
A Chevy Chase. A Chevy Chase. Said you hate puns and wordplay. You know that about I know, me. I know, I'm sorry. Oh, that's good. A Chevy Chase, yeah. That's the yeah. actor. Question three, Joe. <laughs> Number three. Yeah. Amphlet. <laughs> <laughs> Why are the horses from Sunderland so fast? Oh, Jesus Christ. Because uh, they have to dodge the fists of Newcastle fans. Very good. Right. But no. Um, it's, it's a legacy. It's a legacy joke. Yeah. Amphlet. Why are the horses from Sunderland so fast? I don't know, Sage. Because they know what they do with the seagulls. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> See you later, guys. See you later, guys. That's good. We did a bit. Oh. Do you want to um, tell the listeners who... Oh. Sunderland is a region in the northeast of England. Yes. Would you like to tell them the story? Beautiful seaside town with a disgusting seaside act, unfortunately. Somebody in Sunderland, uh, I believe, tried to put their pecker in a seagull's mouth. Am I right? That's the crack, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Got, got caught for it. You, you get that on the weir, but not on the time. No, they shoot smack horses <laughs> in the face. Hey, there's only one of them. There's only one. One there's guy. A, there's a lot of people who shout the seagulls. Is there? Well, you've done it once, haven't you? No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Make another friggin' baby. I can't take that risk. Uh, actually, I could do now, shouldn't I? Let's see where this goes. <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about? Thea Hale and JC Jane. Lost my notes there. Uh, <laughs> seagull, man. That's terrifying. You ever had a seagull like even fly near your food or anything? You certainly wouldn't jack. Imagine having <laughs> it fly near your cock and balls. Be horrible. <laughs> they're just gross, man. Yeah, they're gross. Winged rats. Uh, Thea Hill and JC Jane. It wasn't quite the bike sheds, but it was like a dimly lit bit of the locker room. Just hanging out, getting up to no good. I bet they'd be smoking if there wasn't rules about that sort of thing. That, yeah. kind, of, that kind of trouble. I've got some takes on this, by the way. And uh, It's wonderful. Thea's buzzing, because Becky Lynch is coming to NXT, but JC Jane's like, hey, cool people aren't buzzing about anything. You shut up. Like, yeah, yeah, we have no life. That's what being cool is all about. We're misanthropic. Can you not tell by all the faces I'm pulling? Yeah. Gigi uh, Dolin and comes in and says, look, I know what it is to be her friend. and She's no friend. She's bad news. You're falling in with a wrong crowd for you. And then Blair Davenport walks in and says, Gigi uh, oh, Dolin probably thinks you're a dickhead, Thea, actually. And then just walks away. And Thea's like, did you call me a dickhead? And she's like, no, I obviously didn't call you a dickhead. And Jason's like, I think you need to teach her a lesson. And Thea Hale, now even stupider than she was in chair, she was like, yeah, I will, in the ring tonight. Match later. Yep. I'll reserve my thoughts until we get to the match. Okay. Uh, we're back with, speaking of chase you, it's Duke Hudson who has to deal with the, uh, the pace of Nathan Frazier, who is just in the ring at this point. Uh, right. I don't know if you picked this up. This match only went three minutes. But uh, Nathan Frazier's fast. Yeah, uh, he's rapid. Uh, and if there's one way to... Absolutely was, rapid, Vienna. <laughs> straight how fast you are. By hitting the ropes. God damn, he hits these ropes a lot. He runs the ropes this way. He runs the ropes that way. He doesn't snap his neck once. That's why it didn't go viral and nobody gives a shit. Right? Uh, I'll believe that's my own work, innit? Um, oh, but basically... Write it down. Oh, yeah, 27 minutes, something like that. So I, um, he's just smashing the ropes as fast as he can, trying to beat Duke Hudson. Um, there's a bit in this where Duke Hudson, for no reason, after like a minute and a half, it's like, like, oh, that's what it is. Nathan's selling the neck, hitting the rope so fast. And he hits a urinology out the corner, does Duke. And then he goes over to Nathan. He's like, he sees Nathan selling his neck. And he's like, Nathan, are you going to be all right? We've been wrestling for like nearly 90 seconds. Here. Yeah. It's like, what the, you're on about? And slaps him in the face. It's like, oh my God, Nathan's more hard hitting than ever. Even more than when he was delivering home truths. Yes. And he's fast. What hasn't he got? Um, a 22-year-old's face. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Duke Hudson goes for the uh, razor's edge. Nathan Frazier counters that with a Hurricane Rana and uh, beats him with a Phoenix Splash to pick up some points in the Global Heritage Invitational. Right. Nathan Fraser is an excellent professional wrestler. Keyword professional. Um, he's so good that not only is he one of the best wrestlers in the company, but he's not likely to do what he did to his neck or nearly do to his neck last week in another freak accident. That's mm. why they call it a freak accident. They're a rare event. It's still very funny, in a schadenfreude way, that they have said, I'm knifing. <laughs> yes, boss. 
You know that thing that happened to you last week? Oh, yeah, yeah. How's your neck? Uh, yeah, it's fine. It's just a shock. Yep, you've been cleared by doctors. That checks out. Um, will you be even faster? <laughs> like, like faster than you've ever gone before? Because last week was, you know, it, you actually got a conversation going around here. Um, so can you, you know, you know how you were too fast for your own good last week? Could you be even faster this week, please? You are the, you are the flesh. When he turns heel, is he going to be fast and furious? Yeah, <laughs> you're the flesh now. All right, governor. AKA will do. <laughs> William Doolittle getting his punch on the board in the Heritage Cup. I'll show you Heritage. Uh, aye. What's weird? We go back to, speaking of weird, we go back to the uh, Diamond Mines little gathering of the tag teams where Hank and Tank are now there and like, hey, you, uh, you brothers, do you used to um, fight much? Yeah, we used to fight yeah. much. Because that's how we bonded as a tag team. And like the Creed's like, yeah, friggin' these two losers. Um, I used to say, do you talk much? Do you talk? Yeah, we talk all the time. We're brothers. Yeah, we talk too. We're a good tank. I don't get any of this. I don't think it's funny. No, it's like it didn't really work when it was a series of matches. Let yeah. alone now that they're just playing recappers and. Are they trying to do that thing where? I don't know what they're even no. trying to do here. It was much better when they were just meatheads, wasn't it? Yeah, like they they overthought this. Bronco Nima, Lucian Price walk in. Uh, <laughs> we don't play games. But if we did play, we play to win. It's like one of the great NXT lines. Like play games. Like what are you talking about? Yeah, you've lost, you've lost the thread here. Um, and <laughs> and I'd completely forgotten this was a relationship. Was <laughs> scripts just appears in the middle of the two of them? Oh, aye. <laughs> and he's like, uh, like you may be brothers, but we're blood brothers. So we that's that's better. That's maths. That's Scri- better. Actually, scripts out. They just disappeared. And the party continues. Tag team party. With the tag teams chatting. Some ought to come. Yeah. We'll catch up with them later. We'll catch up with them later because, Jesus Christ, what was this? Tyler Bate versus Dabakato in an extended squash of the giant by the small guy. Dabakato has attacked Tyler Bate two, three weeks in a row. Tyler Bate's like, right, I need to put the uh, Heritage Cup on pause because I need to deal with my Dabakato business. He's ran in, he's attacked me, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then over a period of like three minutes, Tyler Bate just dodges some of Dabakato's punches, lifts him up in an airplane spin because he's a big, strong boy, hits his twist and sent on and beats him. And then it's like, oh, you did deal with your Dabakato business, now to the Heritage Cup. Yeah, he made short work of... Uh, what was of this? That? He made short work of an... Ex- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Extremely tall and theoretically imposing man. Look, they always say, hey, did you get a pop, kid? Hey, kid, did you get a pop? Yes, and it worked. <laughs> it got a pop. He, he got a pop. 
Look good when you lift him up, doesn't it? Yeah, looks pretty good. Big strong boy. Not exactly. Um, big strong boy. Like from the friggin' Brock or Cena, the early days, like lifting Big Show for the FE or the F5. That was a pop on it. Yeah, yeah. It's like seeing the Big Show across somebody's shoulders. Aye. Eyes blowing out your sockets, and it's just like, yep, that's Dabakato beaten. Yep. What next for Dabakato? Like, nobody's asking. Just dread a thing for his sake. Yeah. Uh, Dominic Mysterio's having a wonder backstage, and he goes up to Carmelo Hayes. Hard work being the champ, isn't it? And then does the intentionally terrible on purpose. Uh, you don't know who your no mercy opponent's going to be when I'm about to pick. I mean, referee, the match between mine. Right. In case I forget, how does it possibly like portray Mustafa Ali in a positive light? Oh, I, c- I cannot wait. I, the, like, yeah. what are they doing? Yeah, we will, we will get to that. Um, the lesser of two threats. <laughs> Subscribe to Peacock to watch this premium live event. Lyra Valkyria and Roxanne Perez are in the uh, dressing room watching the telly, so presumably they've just been watching what we've been watching and are not now watching themselves. I never get that. But they're excited about how Becky Lynch is coming. Keanu James bursts in. She's not bothered about any of that. She's just annoyed that she lost in her match tonight. Uh, Lyra Valkyria doing a bit of Captain Obvious stuff, as she would later on. Challenging for the title and winning it are two very different things, Kiana. Maybe, yeah. get, maybe get to the back. Yep, maybe get to the back of the line. Uh, you have to go to business school. <laughs> Roxanne Perez is just saying, "Look, you should be even grateful that you got a title shot." And Kiana's like, "I didn't just get one. I took it from you, and I could do that over and over and over again." So Roxanne Perez is pretty annoyed. Takes a swing for it, and the whole locker room have to dive in and break it up. Looks like, looks like we're going to get Roxanne Perez and Kiana James. Cool. Youth versus business. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I remain really conflicted on whether or not I like this or just am perplexed why he's even kicking around. But Mackenzie is with Baron Corbin and she asks him for his prediction versus Bron and Vaughn. And this is like the third time he's done this. He's just like, I don't care. I'll probably go and commentate. See you later. Like he couldn't be less interested in this story and yet is a is the third man in it. It's odd. It's so weird this, isn't it? There's a lot of odd odd things on this show. Nothing else on that? No, uh, what could I possibly I don't know. say? I don't know. It's I know. weird, isn't it? Like, yeah. uh, it's all right, because uh, you'll probably have something on Mustafa Ali versus Dragon Lee. So this isn't half bad, and Dominic Mysterio is playing fair and impartial referee. Uh, he goes down for the count each time. He's checking the shoulders. The commentators are at pains to say that he's actually calling it right down the middle. No trouble, no harm, no foul, um, until the match spills to the outside. Um, it gets pretty exciting, actually. Uh Lee dives onto Mustafa Ali across the uh, commentator's table. Looks like Mustafa Ali is just down and out. Uh, But then when Dragon Lee flies back towards him to break up a 10 count, because he's honourable and he wants them in the match the right way, um, Mustafa Ali flips over the commentary desk with a buckshot lariat, effectively, and just drills Dragon Lee with a clothesline. Rolls him back in, gets a two count off a Tornado DDT. Uh, At this point, it's like, could go either way. It's near falls. Dominic Mysterio is still seemingly counting fairly. Um... But then we get the um, the Musfar Ali moves out there. Sorry, Dragon Lee moves out the way from Musfar Ali. Four fifty splash uh, hits a like drills him with a sit out power bomb and only gets the two. Feels like it's going to be the three. Dominic again. It was a fair count. It was a near fall. Dragon Lee is pissed off with Dominic Mysterio. At which point Musfar Ali is able to roll Dragon Lee up for an out of nowhere fast count and get the win. Um, like one fast count after about 15 perfectly fair ones. Dominic yes. thought, now, now's the time we're going to do this. Dragon Lee had got in his face. Could have just saved us a lot of time. A lot of time. Dragon Lee had got in his face about the two count, which seemed to be what the setup was. Mustafa Ali, I didn't mind this. Acted at first like, ah, I've won the match. And then seemed to realise seconds later that, ah, Dominic must have fast counted for me. So punches Dominic as if he's... Yeah, yeah, Dragon Lee, you get him. I didn't want to win this way. And then rolls out the outside and kind of raises his arms. Like, yeah, I did it. So, again, he's doing his, like, whose side am I on? I'll tell you who. My side. Character. He's such an arsehole. Yeah, I hate it so much. <laughs> it's not effective heat for me. Um, and he's got the match as well. So you've got him, the guy that kind of was afforded the victory by Dominic, who has told you he's going to pick his challenger. And now Dominic's got the match. So he's telling us, the viewers... He's a weaker guy. Provided, yeah, provided this does not turn into a triple threat match. And it might. And it might. If I even go two triple threats. Mm. 
at uh, Triple Threat Tuesday. Triple Threat. No mercy. Oh, that'll be no mercy, wouldn't it? Yeah. If that doesn't happen, it will. <laughs> they're not that stupid. It's got to be the worst built match of the year. <laughs> Guess what? I've watched AEW pay per views. Yeah, you got him. Moose Farley as well. Like, if there was one guy that at this point should be like, wait a second. I don't think guest referees work. Yeah, I know. He's been in like four of them this year. He's been one at various points. We need to do something about this. I love how stupid this program is sometimes. Sometimes I hate it more than even Willborn, mm-hmm. truthfully. Yeah. Sometimes I love how stupid this is. I, yeah. I do kind of, it feels like, you know, when you talk about the escape of pro wrestling, this is the escape from the escape. It's just whether or not you want that second escape. Yeah. Like, it's like, I think I did this week, but I don't always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Trick Williams is backstage on his phone. Uh, it was like Dragon League, right? I don't want to be too detached and cynical and negative and all the rest of it. Because a lot of that match was just, ah, oh, it's a cliche. Mm. I've seen a million of these moves. I've seen, oh, someone's going to jump off the top rope and someone moves, but they can roll through it. <laughs> I've seen that one million friggin' times in my life. But certain things Dragon Lee does in that ring just blow my mind. The, pow- the power bomb. The power bomb wasn't real. Was class. The one where uh, he's such a bullet when he does his like low pay suicide mm. dive that just sends Mustafa Ali sprawling yeah. look, arse backwards good over stuff, the commentary table. There's some good stuff here, let's be fair. Yeah. Uh, aye, Trick Williams is on his phone backstage. There's Ely dragging off again, shirt wide open, horny as out. Uh, he meant every last thing I said to you as he breathes heavy in Trick Williams' direction. What do you mean around him? I know, it's just... He's oh, off, man. You, you stink. Uh, are you going out after the tape in the night? Oh, no, Ilya's there. Oh, God, can you imagine being stuck in a lift with Ilya dragging off? <laughs> no. Imagine if the lift broke down. So I mean, imagine like if it breaks down, oh, and you're like stuck in a lift, in an elevator, an elevator. Can you imagine, like, have you doing like squats and stuff? Wouldn't we? Yeah, let's, let's work out. Pain will help us get through this. Uh, pain will help us get through this painful situation. <laughs> <laughs> he asks Trick Williams why he's lying, because he's lying to himself if he believes that he can beat that Mello can beat. Uh, either dragging off and trick kind of seems to take this on board and maybe he agrees and maybe he doesn't have faith in Melo. This was last week, of course, when presumably Melo. I don't think you can beat him. Walk away. <sighs> I was going to say, I know you can. Oh, good, because I haven't left the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was 1.5 seconds and it's on tape. <laughs> you are, you're Nathan Frazier. You're already in a different building. <laughs> Uh, God, more stinking losers. There's too many people on this brand you would not want to hang around. Uh, I'm Brit Res Wrestler moved so quickly since NXT UK opened its doors. All right, see you later. <laughs> Made the big time there. Enfield, more like Enfield, because I ain't never coming back. No. Uh, I, more intense, boring people you desperately wouldn't want to be anywhere near. Charlie Dempsey, Damon Kemp, and Drew Gulak are having an old grapple in that. Darkened ring in whatever Drew Gulak trains in. And there's Miles Bourne just trying to make a goddamn living, sweeping the decks. And uh, Drew Gulak's like, what are you doing here? Do you not think I saw what happened last week on NXT Anonymous on this TV show? Interested in Fallon, are you? Uh, And he suggests that he best be ready to make the right choice next week. So I guess we're going to see which side Miles Bourne is really on in that six-man tag. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Eddie Thorpe is annoyed about his loss. Uh, Dijak might be over with him, but he's not over with Dijak. Yeah, I think that might be a third match here. I reckon so. Didn't want to say it last week, but I think it's coming. Yeah. The rubber. The rubber. When the rubber meets the road. Uh, More Global Heritage stuff. Butch versus the second fastest wrestler on the roster, Axiom. Uh, Again, like to your your point about the um, Dragon Lee Mustafar Ali match, it's good stuff here. It was a drop down that worthy of. And I mean, <laughs> where's the lie? There's a drop down that actually trips someone up in a really creative way, leading to another move, and it's very much worthy of this button. Oh my God. Nice. I like the pen. That was good. This was good, uh, but the point of it was to present them as. Really good botch cover by commentary as well. Yes. Vic Joseph and Booker T aren't completely useless. Even if they hate each other. Aye. Um, more on that a bit later. The uh, aye, the, the point of this was they are both excellent 
equals and to illustrate the fact that you can get a draw because that's what this one did. It went 12 minutes to a draw. Both of them have got a point in the Heritage Cup. Uh, the metaphor we're looking on from their podium again. Oh, like a decent bit of business. And if you were going to pick a combination to illustrate the time limit, I would have picked these two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I got all that's to say, though. It's Pete Dunne. Knocking out Pete Dunne matches. Actually, no, a little something, because I was a bit pissed off with this. After the match and after the draw, there's like a fist bump, a show of respect between the two. And then Tyler Bate walks out, um, having meditated on his victory over Dabakato, and does the little wave that he does to both of them. Uh, and that's kind of your, your Pete Dunne, we used to be friends moment. And I think they underplayed that a little bit, Yeah, personally. I'm not even making a Brit Res joke. Those two have... Like, they've got stock in the bank to me. Chicago, was it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like Jim Ross commentated on that, remember? Bloody hell, yeah. That's weird. Fans, chant, fans in Chicago chanting UK. Yeah. In, like, a flip reversal of what had happened with the all-in, all-out card anger on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I that just, was an incredible match. I just thought what they've got in WWE history matters more than this. Because Tyler Bate did the little joke. I was like, Butch, another guy. We go back. It's like, oh, Sean doesn't care about you two as much as he cares about Gallus. Yeah, I know. Evidently. If this was a Gallus thing, if you hadn't seen Mark Coffey and Barry from the pub on TV together for six months, Jesus Christ, you would know about it, wouldn't yeah. you? So, uh, anyway. Uh, Von Wagner's been on stage. He's uh, talking to somebody, right? <clears throat> Listen, I'm sorry about tonight. I'm sorry. It's going to hurt me way more than it's going to hurt you. Ever since you came into my life, everything's changed for the better. The birds are chirping. The fans are cheering. (laughs) And it just makes me feel a certain type of way. But please understand, the last thing I want to do is hurt you or make you feel bad about yourself. But life with you is just so much more fun. Paul Bakken reveal he's talking to the announce table. It's not a person, Sage. He's not in love. It's not his therapist. That was just hot sex. I was just hot, hot sex. Love it again. NXT, fortune cookie, Christmas cracker writing. Where I think people are not going to believe this joke. It's good. You think he's talking to a person and it's a table. And then they get lost in their own bit. Because then there's the bit where he says, the last thing I want to do is hurt you or make you feel bad about yourself. How can a table feel bad about itself? (laughs) (laughs) Explain to me the emotions of this inanimate object, Vaughn. Because you've explained everything else over the last six months. The thing is as well, right? I don't want to hurt you. So that is what they're trying to do, right? It's the switching the context. It's like in the. It's like when uh, Chandler in Friends mm. is under the impression that for whatever reason, like Monica just wants to become bigger and have bigger hands and stuff like that. But she's yeah. talking about being pregnant and her yes. belly's going to get bigger and everything's going to get bigger. My hands are going to get bigger. Like, what? What's surgery. The... She's getting addicted to surgery. She's getting and addicted he doesn't to want surgery. To that, yeah. 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 So they're switching the context there. Friends so. is very good at those. Yeah. Some are better than others, but they're really... Context there's... swap. Yeah. It's a context swap trope where... It's ones where Rachel and Julie... No, Julie and Monica go shopping and Julie started going out with Ross. And Monica's like, oh, we, we went to Bloomingdale's. And Rachel like acts as if she's cheated on her. Yes. They use that as a like sort of a context swap for like sex, basically. Yeah. yeah. Like they do a context swap for people and tables in NXT. But usually there's like some kind of link between the two. It has to count. Where it? it has to count. <laughs> so it has to like, one thing has to relate to the other just about so you can continue the series of misunderstandings. I would never want to hurt you, the table. You explode it every week. If this table was sentient and had, like, a nervous system, yeah. it would register the pain so you would, in fact, hurt it. Table to scream. Ah, screaming up. Oh, no. Oh, I no. I, I, ex- I exploded you. The, again. Yeah, again. The idea of this, if you're imagining, like, Von Wagner talking to the new love of his life, and let's say it was his therapist and they'd built a meaningful emotional relationship, that would be about his life outside of the ring, right? So you would have to do a, it's, you know, rule of three, a list of three things, three things, three jokes, in his real life that are better. And it's a list of two, and one of them is about wrestling. The birds are chirping, the fans are cheering. Birds are chirping. That's just an aside about birds. Chirping, That's not a list. Chirping apostrophe. Chirping. Could it be any more corny? Chirping. That's exactly how I've noted it. Chirping. chirping. <laughs> The birds are chirping, the fans are cheering. Uh, yeah, so to your point, he doesn't want to hurt the table. And uh, 
Robert Stone comes over and is like, are you ready for Brown Breaker tonight, Bon? Bon's going to get his ass tabled. It's like, are you just going to hit the table? <laughs> You're hit the table again. Come on, Bon. Uh, <laughs> Gigi Dolin's up next, and Vic Joseph, reading off his script, says, uh, Gigi Dolin, her power is in her authenticity. And then she has to do like fake poses to the crowd for two minutes because we don't get the match started for yeah. ages because of NXT's production. It's really authentic. Because we go back to Stax and Tony D, who are, oh, suddenly a lot of threats in this tag division. Yes, because they're literally all in the room of, do you get it? Do you get it? Uh, Angel and Humberto, after last week's, they got attacked in the night by their granddad, who's also yes. a puma or yeah, something. Yeah, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> uh, they've just come up and want to introduce himself. Tony D. They look splendid. They look fine. Yeah, they don't look haunted remotely. But he understands family, so he wants to pay respect to their grandfather. Uh, but don't mess with them. Is there in a family? Yeah. A crime family. A crime family. Uh, Angel says, we'll do what we bloody well like. Thanks very much. Uh, we'll take the titles as well, if we fancy. And that kicks off a big brawl between the two, between, well, between everybody in the room. And then I'll finally give you a chance to get some extended thoughts on this whole deal. Because I don't have any. Oh, okay. Well, we've got one last cutback just before the main event. And the Creed's. Uh, like sat on the floor. Ivy Nell walks back into shot, and she said, "What the friggin' hell's happened here?" Like I thought you said there was going to be no more messing around, and the crew's like, oh, yes. "I guess it was good to be back." I uh, like how this universe knows itself as stupid. Yeah, what we bloody like, yeah. You don't have to be mad at work next to but it helps. <laughs> it's like. This was normal fight. Yeah. I drank all the normal drink, and now it's time for normal brawl. Yeah. And normal, wistful recollections. Hey, Julius, want a game of normal bones? <laughs> want to make something of yourself? you got to give my respect. By God, double sixes, you got my respect. <laughs> <laughs> double sixes like a bitch. Hey, Tony D, I need some waste that needs disposing of. Goddamn Creed Brothers in it. It's 80% of my career. <laughs> Outside of the streak in my matches with Foley. My matches with Foley. Did a hell of a lot for me to make. Help me. Helped Edge. Then I kind of helped Edge, too. <laughs> Maybe we all did a little something for Radar Superstar, but one day he came for our men respect. And guess what? Now we're splitting. <laughs> it's going down Jacksonville. What the hell's he doing going down there? The hell's happening to this business, actually? <laughs> Why is he going over there? <laughs> like I said, like Vince said to me, when I wanted to do StarCast, don't ever go over there. So I didn't go over there. I did not go over there. Watch WrestleMania 35 from Gorilla. It was a goddamn disgrace. But I earned that disgrace. Yeah. Nobody looked me in the eyes. And everybody was on that show. We went 20 goddamn hours. Yeah. I saw Carmella and R-Truth do a dance at the eight-hour mark, and there's no space for the damn man. So you when they came out and did that dance, I'm like, is this really necessary? <laughs> Is literally anyone enjoying this except maybe an eight-year-old in the stands? I'd never wanted it to end. It was my first WrestleMania. And Hamlet and the eight-year-old. Yeah. Hey, Bertha and Magical. <laughs> Hamlet and the eight-year-old. I love that song. <laughs> uh, we go to uh, Gigi Dolan uh, in Thea Hale. It's, uh, it's all very rote developmental nonsense until... Uh, Thea Hale manages to lock in her Kimura on Gigi Dolan. She's been doing the more intense... Um, I don't know where the button is, but there's a, a little bit of down with the Sidgwick to this, wasn't there? If you can find it. I shouldn't be surprised, I guess, once she's linked up with Gigi Dolan. It's a scary-ass button. It makes Knocking, obviously, I, like someone's going to come in the room and yeah, like have the alien guard the door and stacks in there. But um, all right, so Thea Hill's doing a lot more growling and putting some angry snap behind her punches and throws and the like. And she gets the Kimura on Gigi Dolin. She fights her way to the ropes. Gigi Dolin immediately goes to the floor. Thea Hill goes back to the shoulder, but Gigi Dolin fires it into the ring post. At which point, uh, she. Gigi Dolan rolls Thea back into the ring, but JC Jane takes the ref. In the meantime, uh, Blair Davenport arrives on the scene, batters Gigi Dolan, drops her, like, kind of with a DDT, but with her arm across her chest, rolls her back in to allow Thea Hill to uh, reapply the Kimura straight away and get the submission win this time. You know, like, it doesn't appear that Thea Hill has seen that Blair Davenport has helped, but JC Jane acknowledges her with a little bit of a wave and a wink, and JC Jane's like, yeah, 
you're going down the right path. Oh, and on the entrance to your hill as well, brought other little, what is it? Like, they're, like it's a loud hailer made entirely of cardboard that chase you and American qualities used to, you know, that big noise make. It looks like a cone that a dog wears around the neck. Yeah. You speak through it. She throws it to the ground. Loudspeaker. Yeah. Well, megaphone. Of, a megaphone. Like a sort of a homemade megaphone with a piece of card, basically. Yeah. She flings it to the mat because she's, yeah. God, I'm sick of chasing you. JC Jane's polluting the waters, if you ask me, Sidge. So I think the deal here, it doesn't make that much sense, right? It's like one of those after-school specials. Yes. Where the, you know, young girl, freshman, falls in with a bad crowd, starts mm. smoking in the boys' room. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, gets better grades as a result and is more successful than a <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she's better as a wrestler. Now, I suppose the equivalent would be that <laughs> you, uh, you cheat on the test. Yeah. Because she's a heel. I guess. But... No, because the the results still stand, and it's the referee's fault. It's not like, oh, you cheated on the test, and we caught you. Yeah. Knuckle down in your studies, <laughs> and you might get to a good college. You know, it's nothing like that. Like, the result stands. She's going to do good. Yeah, If so if, like, Chase you, theoretically, in this in the after-school special, they'd be, like, the parent figures, wouldn't they? And they're like, oh, no, like, we're really worried about Thea going off the rails, and they go for me. In this case, it'd be Shawn Michaels. Like, and they go and meet Shawn Michaels and say, look, like, we kind of need a progress report on Thea because she's falling in with a bad crowd with JC Jane. Have you got a um, cage match record? And Shawn's like, yeah, she's unbeaten in six. Yeah. Ah, oh, well, the bad crowd's pretty good then, isn't it? All right, get, get her a pack of Marlboros. <laughs> <laughs> get her a new Harley Davidson bike. Who said that about a Harley? Who said anything about a hog? Still a dead man. Huh? Huh? Still a dead man. Still a dead man. Speaking of hog, I'm going to go play Bones with Henry and Phineas. <laughs> uh, love this. Love this so Speaking much. Speaking of hog, soap one, soap one up for old Take Bradshaw. There's a new guy in the rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they used to do. That's what they used to do. Welcome to Britain. Break them in if you will. And I will. Uh, love this next plot development. Love it. Kalani Jordan is ranting... Uh, away to Live Valkyrie, who's getting about a bit this week, stirring the drink in the old women's locker rooms. Yep. Uh, but tells that Live Valkyrie says, Don't worry, like, you've had like four matches speaking of your cage match. It's fine. Like, you've got plenty of time to get there. Um, and, you know, don't get too down about it before she can offer any more of this wisdom and confidence beast and advice. Dana Brooke slides into shot. Stone Cold Dana herself. She's like, Get out of here. You don't know. You can't help Kalani Jordan. Like, Kalani's like, well, I'm really sorry about what happened last week. And she's like, look, just leave it. But the last thing I want you doing is mixing in with the likes of her. And Live Valkyrie's like, all right, you don't need to fill her head with nonsense and you don't need to come at me like this. Let's have a bare-knuckle fight next week. So that match is now set for next week. Live Valkyrie versus Dana Brooke in the latest chapter of this epic saga. Great. No. Uh, main event time. Yeah! God, it's a good card next week, but we'll save that for next week's preview. Von Wagner versus Braun Breaker. It's there's no, some good action next week. It's no, yeah, it's aye, Tiffany Stratton and Becky Lynch in the main event, but there's other good stuff as well. Uh, Von Wagner and Braun Breaker, no disqualifications. It's WWE weapon stuff. There's, it's like, there's a couple of pretty cool moments. There's a bit, so it's like you get chairs, you get kendo sticks, and then you get spots, and it goes like that for a long period. But there is a nice moment where Braun Breaker threads a couple of things together. Um, he decks Von Wagner and then places a chair on the ring and as Von Wagner just about gets back to his feet he comes off the top rope with a Rick Steiner bulldog and then grabs one of the kendo sticks and puts him in a Scott Steiner Steiner recliner so he's doing double Steiner on Von to try and put him out like kind of makes you wish that Von could do double Beverly brother doesn't it but like the only move that I could think of that they've got is that one where it requires one to hold the legs for the other to do the leapfrog yeah, yeah, yeah. he cannot shake a height spike Braun on his own can he well he could gorilla press slam mm-hmm. Braun above his head then in midair, just get his head and just drive it vertically to the canvas. Oh, kind of like what like sort of three minute warning used to do to people. Yeah, one disgusting fluid motion. Yes, that'd be pretty good actually. Uh, shame we're never going to get to see it because uh, Von Wagner died here tonight. Uh, we go oh, to no. a finishing sequence. R.I.P. Von Wagner. <laughs> we go to a finishing sequence. You know the um, the podium, the the Regal's Nest, or whatever you want to call it, had a wall this week, Sitch. 
I've seen that before. It had a thin wall. Normally just a girder, but this week it had a wall. Why? So that Von Wagner could throw Braun Breaker through it. So the match is spilled to the floor. Uh, Von Braun goes flying through this uh, cardboard wall, at which point Von Wagner pulls him out and he's got one thing in mind, Sage, and I think you know what that is. He wants to hurt, I mean, he doesn't want to hurt the table by putting Braun through it. So he tries to put Braun Breaker through the table. Braun manages to counter out of it and then flies at Von with possibly a spear. We don't really know, but Von manages to catch him and indeed powerbombing through the announce table. He rolls Braun in to try and get the win but uh, and tries to pick him up for his finisher, but Braun Breaker manages to slip out, drill him with a low blow. Von turns around into a spear and that's your lot. Braun Breaker gets the win well, in about 15 minutes and it was okay in places. They're big fellas, so you know, the weapon shots look good enough. Um, but that's not all. After the bell, little detail here because it doesn't really get, there's not time to dwell on it. Looks like Robert Stone's bollocking Von, but I'm not sure if that's just because... I think it's just hyped. Their acting's all over the shop sometimes, yeah. I think it's just absolutely hyped. Is that all it was? I hope so. I hope, hope so. I hope that's all it was. But anyway, we don't get time to dwell on that because Braun Breaker smashes like Von... They've become very dear to me. Yeah, me too. I don't want them to break up. He smashes Von Wagner in the back with a steel chair, um, takes Von to the floor, he uh, then throws him into the steps, the steps explode, obviously, and then he places Von Wagner's head, his skull, on the lower half of the steps and picks up, holding high above his head, the second half of the steps, and then he dramatically swings the steps down, and then the lights go off. Although they don't, the, just the screen goes off, and we can hear everything, but we can't see anything. We hear a massive clang, and we are left to assume that Von Wagner's surgically corrected skull has been uncorrected by Bron Breaker and the stairs, because <laughs> Corbin goes, he did it! I can't believe he did it! He killed a guy! Vic goes, you son of a bitch! You son of a bitch! And Booker goes, that is nasty. And then it goes off the air. Right. My God. There were elements of this that I really enjoyed. Yeah. What, the two things I want to point out, the table break spot. Mm-hmm. The build were quite well. They know when to do it. Robert Stone going crazy. It's like actually puts it over. Bron Breaker's spear is so goddamn good. I described this on Twitter. I will echo it here because it's a good take. He looks like he's trying to bend people in half backwards at the hip. Like, imagine a, stand, a person standing up and then they turn into an N shape. Yeah. <laughs> Backwards. That's what he looks like he's trying to do with that much force. It's incredible. Yeah. So that looked great. All of it completely undermined by... What was the implication here? Oh, my God. It's just as well the lights have gone out because he's been decapitated, and that would get us in trouble with USA. Or was it, oh, my God, we're on tape delay. What? Was it, it just... Oh! At the turn of the lights. Is it one of the things where he's missed? And they're going to be like, it's a good job somebody turned the lights off. And we're supposed to believe the lights in the building went out and the clang heard the steps. He's not missed. Not see the footage. Oh, no, I haven't. You mentioned it. I haven't seen this. I don't know if it was a dot-com exclusive or whether someone has taken a picture ring. I think someone took a picture ringside with the idea being that, oh, if the... Because they're not bad at this. It was similar with the QR code stuff Mm. with Wyatt. They're actually putting... Faith and the the intelligence of the fans for once, they would probably trust the audience. To, oh my god, look at his head! Take a picture of this. He's done for. He's dead. Rest in peace. That's tragic. Uh, because they put some red on a towel, okay, and put it over uh, Von Wagner's head. Yeah, and it no, it doesn't look ineffective. Mm-hmm. So I think they're relying on people to do that. But I don't know what the why did the lights go? I know why the light. Right, guys. The lights went out at the moment of impact because it didn't happen. But they want you to think that there's been an absolutely vile, what, decapitation, skull head, fracture, head squashing. But what's the kayfabe explanation for the lights going out? We know the real explanation. It didn't happen, and they want you to think it did, but they can't show it because it would never do anything like that. Yeah. What's the kayfabe explanation? I can only assume that the Beverly Brothers were backstage and knocked the lights out to try and stop uh, Bron Breaker at the last moment. We and it's never like, stop manifesting yeah. the Beverly Brothers appearing in person or the music of the Beverly Brothers. Did we ever even consider that if the Beverly Brothers did come to help Von in this specific feud, it would be able to relight their story with the Steiner Brothers from the Royal Rumble 1993? I mean, you can't get Rick back. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, screw him. Well, I guess it's just a three on two then. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I'd. 
is Von Wagner going down a cane route next? Towel over the head. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Oh, my God. It's like I'm reliving my childhood all over again. That would be impossible. A better way of putting it is this reminds me of my childhood. What a waste of money on all that therapy. God damn. Stone be loving this. Oh, God, I. He's missed this, hasn't he? He's missed skulls getting split open because we know, if you recall a few months back, how into the, the graphic descriptions of the surgery he was. Yeah. So be absolutely loving this. We're getting together really and dragging off like the, those scenes from that, the yeah. original crash. Let us know what you thought the kayfabe exclamation was for the show that you probably have not watched. Yeah, go and watch this clip if you can find it. Um, and let us know on X in the uh, replies to this podcast, which will go out soon. Um, Sige, if they want to talk to you about NXT on X, where can they do that at? They can do that at M. Sidgwick. You can find me at Michael Hamlet. You can find all of us at What Culture WWE. Um, our AW Dynamite preview is online as you are listening to this now. We'll be back tomorrow with an AW Dynamite review and more NXT this time next week, I guess. Hopefully, with an even fuller studio than just me, you, and the alien. Anything from the alien before we head off? <laughs> sounds a bit like a chicken there. It's a <laughs> We've already got Judgment Daisy and an elephant, so a chicken won't last very long in here. No, I'd just get gobbled up, wouldn't it? Gobble, gobble. <coughs> is, that, is that the chicken or is that the... <laughs> that was the chicken. That was the chicken. All right, sorry. <coughs> Guys, we're going to have to get out here because we need to see what's going on between this chicken and this alien. <laughs> Thanks for joining us at NXT. We will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.